Welcome to episode 7 of the School of Success podcast series with the inspiring and truly creative Marcel Bittencourt, brand strategist and creative director of Marcel Bittencourt Brand Strategy and Design. Welcome to the School of Success podcast series. My name is Melanie Pritchard former lawyer turned success coach and corporate well-being trainer and each month we bring you an inspiring person and message to help you discover the tools for creating happiness in the widest sense. Thank you so much everyone for spending some time with me today. Now without further ado, let the class begin. Godin said, a brand is a set of expectations, memories, stories and relationships that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. We have a very special guest on today's episode of the School of Success podcast series, the London-based Brazilian design director and brand strategist Marcel Bittencourt. With over 15 years experience, 10 as a leader, working client side and agency side at creative studios, startups, large B2B and B2C multinational and global Fortune 500 companies, Marcel has a proven track record developing purposeful and profitable brands. With a passion for developing, Brands that really stand out in the market, Marcel specializes in delivering brand strategy, brand identity, marketing campaigns, brand experiences, websites, and digital products to players from a whole host of industries, from education, real estate, broadcasting, all the way through to financial services and well-being. After almost a decade transforming global brands as head of brand and design at XP Inc., one of Latin America's largest financial groups, Marcel relocated to the UK in 2019 to experience new cultures and continue to build his career as a creative and strategic leader. Some of the topics we'll be covering today include what exactly is a brand and what are its core components? Why is a brand so very important to business success? What are the must-have ingredients in a standout brand in a crowded marketplace? What do brands like Tesla and Apple do differently that makes them so successful? And finally, top tips for entrepreneurs or aspiring business owners looking to bolster or create a brand that really stands out in the market. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Marcel Bittencourt to episode seven of the School of Success podcast series. Now I've worked personally with Marcel, um, so I'm a massive fan of his, but I'm not going to preempt that by um, telling you all about him. I'd love you, Marcel, to just give us a lovely summary quickly of who you are and what you do. Hi, Mel. Uh, Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You're very welcome. So yeah, I'm a brand strategist and creative director uh, with over 15 years of experience in developing brands. Wowzers. For, 
Yeah, for companies of, of all sizes, mm -hmm. uh, like startups, NGOs, multinational groups, and Fortune 500 corporations. Wow. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, you can tell by, by my accent, right? Uh, <laughs> you have excellent but, uh, English, Marcel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, so I graduated in Brazil from art school, mm -hmm. and then I took an MBA there, an MBA course in strategic design. Mm. Uh, I'm currently based in London, working as an independent brand consultant. So that's my my background and my expertise right there. Fantastic. So it sounds like you work, you work across a real range of industries, and you know, with all sorts of people from you know one man bands like me my own little coaching business all the way up to sort of big multinationals really yeah wow for me yeah for me there, there are no uh, small or or big brands i mean every brand deserves to be uh to have a voice mm. and to be and to have uh, its purpose well well built yeah, yeah absolutely sounds great um and i know we've discussed this briefly before marcel um about how you kind of got into branding like when did you discover um, that you were quite, you know, fascinated by all things design. Yeah, so since I was a little kid, I've always been crazy about uh, stories, symbols, shapes, colors, and everything intangible. Yeah. Uh, perhaps that's why I love drawing and writing compositions, mm -hmm. and uh, and I didn't like math and physics <laughs> because there was no room for flexibility or imagination there. Yeah. Right. You have only one correct answer for everything. Totally. Uh, and I remember when I was like four, I had this little pedal car mm -hmm. uh, on which my dad would place several stickers of famous logos like Shell, Pepsi, Coca-Cola. And I could name all the brands even, even though I didn't know how to read. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, when I got a toy for Christmas or for, for my birthday, uh, any other kid would just like rip, rip the package off and just start playing uh, right out of the box. And, uh, and before playing, I would like look at, at the packaging and I would open very carefully and I would read the manual, the instructional wow. manual. I would look at, at the pictures they, they used for the packaging, the colors and everything. Mm. And only after doing that, I would play. Mm. Uh, and this particular interest of mine for intangible values mm -hmm. uh, continued throughout my youth. Mm -hmm. And I had no doubt that I would end up working with branding design and something like that. Wow, that's that's really amazing, Marcel. I remember when you told me that story, I was just yeah incredulous that a four-year-old could um be more interested in the packaging than the present i mean that says a lot about your level of passion for design um and yeah it definitely really came through to me um yeah and i just wanted to share with the listeners how much you'd helped me because i'd say i'm fairly creative not not creative like you are you know you're really gifted really gifted designer but um one thing that i really struggled with that i think a lot of um probably entrepreneurs can relate to is i sort of I kind of had an, an idea of what I wanted to express, but I really couldn't visualize that, like in terms of like visual design or like tangible sort of logos or colors. And I found it really difficult actually to, fi to find um, a kind of designer who, who I felt kind of understood me and could bring to life what I couldn't even really find the words to describe. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, I just feel that you've got a real gift because you're so good at understanding people married with your, 
your kind of intuitive design skills, you've got a real gift of kind of bringing to life the visuals that a lot of us can't find the words to to describe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, glad to hear that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and um, yeah, just just in case anybody looks up my brand, um, it's it's nearly complete. So um, yeah, Marcel helped me a lot um with my branding, and it's impressed a lot of people that I've shared it with. Um, but it should be up and running sometime in the new year if you guys want to have a look at Marcel's handiwork. So, um, Marcel, this might be a really stupid question, but something I've grappled with as an entrepreneur is, you know, you need to have a good brand. And I kind of think, well, what exactly is is a brand and what's branding? Like, is it just the logo? Like, what are the parts of branding? What is it? Well, let's start with what is a brand, right? Mm. Uh, A brand is not a product. A brand is not a logo. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a business plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, A brand is a perception Mm. that people have about your business yeah so you must, you must be thinking now well marcel everyone has their own perception about something so logically this leads to a scenario where you have many brands within a single brand mm-hmm. right? because uh everyone has a perception about a brand but yeah. that's where branding enters mm. branding is the job of continuously working and refining different aspects of, of, a, of a given brand Mm-hmm. So its perception is consistent among its target audience. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, branding is all about storytelling, hmm. right? Uh, and the winning brand is the one that tells a story so unique, authentic, and consistent that its perception becomes the same among everyone, hmm. creating a strong bond with people. Hmm. That's fascinating. What are the main challenges facing um, brands these days, Marcel? Are there any that you think are particularly um, difficult for people who are considering their brands um, in 2020, 2021 in particular? Yeah, branding work is getting trickier nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, customers have replaced questions like, oh, how much is it? Or does it come in red? Or is this product high quality? Yeah, They have replaced this, these questions with, uh, why should I care about you? Mm-hmm. in the first place and yeah. how are you different right yeah uh we live in the in the era of social media mm-hmm. uh, where customers make demands and give you opinions 24 7. Mm-hmm. so uh transparency and uniqueness are key elements here because uh the interactions between people and brands are getting closer and closer every day mm. yeah absolutely uh, so innovation is quite a quite a big part of a of a strong brand would you say yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean that the story you tell about your brand needs to be extremely consistent. Yeah. So I I see a lot of, of marketplaces of websites that are marketplaces. When uh, you enter the the marketplace and you you are you have this whole uh, this whole set of products with the prices, uh, but the brand doesn't care about telling you a story mm-hmm. about them first, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like if it if it was like uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, that would be okay. Mm-hmm. But not today. Today you have to, to stand for something. You need to tell a story. Yeah. You, you have to be unique and, and authentic. Mm, that's really uh, interesting. Because when, when I think of branding, I, I almost just think of the visuals, but it's really interesting that you, you know, you're stressing the importance of like the story, you know? So wh- like yeah. what, what ex- it might be a silly question, but... What do you mean by like the story? Like, if in case anyone's you know not familiar with that, what what do you mean by the story? Like, part of the brand, how does that kind of manifest? Actually, the story is the brand. Oh, okay. Uh, the visuals are part are part of the story. Right. Right. 
Uh, and just to continue your your my, my answer about your your last question, mm -hmm. uh, this thing that you need to stand for something and 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 be authentic, it's actually good for a small business that care about branding. Mm -hmm. Uh, because people now are willing to pay more for something they believe in. Mm -hmm. And if this story you tell is authentic, is good enough, they will pay again and mm. again and again. Wow. Yeah. So I think that for, for business, small business and large business and, and all business, actually, mm. uh, branding cannot be regarded as, as an expense, but an investment that, that will pay off in the future. Mm. Uh, wow. It's just a matter of telling your target. Uh, a consistent, passionate story yeah. that can adapt to different situations and and help make and help make your brand your brand look more appealing. That's really interesting, Marcel. I came across a couple. I've come across a couple of very successful coaches in my time, and when I've looked them up, I thought their websites were not good. Um, and I've come across a couple of people who are like, websites don't matter. The brand doesn't matter. You know, a good reputation will speak for itself. And I always found that quite quite hard to believe um and then when I kind of met you and worked with you um it brought me quite a lot of peace of mind that I could sort of yeah find my voice if you like find my voice and kind of pull together all these disparate parts of of my brand what what do you think about people who say like website you know the website isn't important branding doesn't matter what would you say to them so I would say that uh those brands will have a very short life because mm -hmm. great brands are future proof mm -hmm. and uh, uh and that's all about this balance between uh, what you say, uh, how, what you say, and how you say it. Yeah. Right? Um, so if you if you think that that branding is is, is marketing mm -hmm. or that branding is uh, how how many products you sell a month, yeah, you're going to have a hard time because you're not telling anybody any story. Yeah. You're not. You're not. Uh, making uh, clear what what your what's your your purpose with that brand mm -hmm. uh, and in the long in the long term it's not, not, not going to work yeah absolutely yeah. that makes sense um so marcel in terms of like branding and the sort of component parts like imagine well imagine you're speaking to me for the first time like a proper dummy <laughs> you're probably like oh my <laughs> gosh this girl knows nothing i'm gonna have to like lead her through step by step for someone who really is a dummy and like knows like me and kind of knew nothing about branding, what what are the kind of if you look at like a well any kind of company like what are the kind of essential parts of the brand? What are the different parts of a of a business that make up the brand, whether it's websites or logos or other parts? Yeah, many clients come to me and say, uh, "I want to rebrand my brand. Yeah, uh, I want I want to make it red." Mm -hmm. And I would say making a logo red or or your webs your website red that that's not a real brand right yeah uh so before thinking about your logo your visual identity which are the most tangible parts of branding you need to take some steps back and think about more intangible things yeah uh so uh, i also i i i always start uh, asking if uh, my client knows it, his or her purpose mm. right what's what's the purpose of your brand mm -hmm. so can you write down your reasons to to exist your mission your vision mm -hmm. your values so this is the first part the, the most intangible one mm. uh and after that uh we come up with a strategy mm -hmm. 
which is the brand positioning, mm -hmm. the unique selling points, the reasons to believe, the target target audiences. Yep. So everything must be aligned so the brand uh, can communicate uh, its best. Yep. And uh, after you have these first two layers ready, mm -hmm. you go to the branding personality. Mm -hmm. So it's how are you, are you going to say, how, how are you going to express yourself, mm -hmm. uh, your attitude, your behaviors. Mm. And then only after those first three layers, you get to the language, which involves the tone of voice, the logo and the visual identity. Yeah. And then with everything ready, you step to the communication. So you, you build, build your website, you make, uh, you create a marketing campaign. You create ads and so on. So mm. the whole interesting the whole journey. Wow, yeah. There's, there are so many component parts, aren't there? And um, like with your obviously you've worked with a lot of different clients, Marcel, across lots of different industries. And like, does it kind of vary the amount of input clients give you? So I know, for example, when I first met you, I was kind of obsessed with like Marcel. I love rainbow colors, and you know, all I knew is that I wanted something quite colorful. And um. Like how much input do you get from clients or, or do you sort of often, you know, I know you said they have to like outline their brand purpose and these sorts of things, but like, is it very much a two-way operation or do you sometimes need to kind of come in and really take over? No, my, my, only, my only concern is that your brand connects with your audience. That's mm. my only concern. Okay. So uh, you said that you ah you you love the rainbow colors yeah so my 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 answer to you for that was but does your audience like rainbow <laughs> colors yeah <laughs> so the brand's not for you it's for for your audience right yeah uh, and uh, there are many clients that are aware of that already when they when they come to me yeah so they're like um, oh I have this purpose or or I have this strategy but I can't express it um my audience doesn't care about me mm -hmm. and there are other clients that come to me and say uh i kind of know what i what i stand for i kind of know what my purpose is but i can't write it down i can't even begin to imagine how my strategy would look like yeah so yeah those are different kinds of clients yeah sure and what what happens if you sort of do you ever get clients who are just really, like you say, like quite stuck and they, they really can't express what they want or what they like? Like, how is that really tricky for you? Like, what do you do to kind of help them gain clarity? Yeah, you can run some workshops with them hmm. uh, to help them, you know, put the, pur the purpose into words, mm -hmm. uh, their positioning into words. I'm working with, with this client now, which is an NGO. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, when I asked them about their positioning, they were like, oh, we are innovative. And I said, this is not, this is not a brand positioning. It's a, uh, I don't know, a value. Yep. I don't know. Uh, so uh, I, I started just taking the words they were, they, they were speaking to me and putting them together into a sentence, into a statement. Hmm. And I, and I kept running those, those, those statements over and over again mm -hmm. with them until they realized what a positioning statement was mm. and then they could write one down for themselves. And it was, it was nice. It was a nice moment to witness. I bet. Yeah. How would you say, I know that you've mentioned like innovation is, is really important in branding. 
Um, but I know that one thing that you, you helped me with was consistency. So I kind of mm-hmm. showed you my, the website I tried to create, I tried to sort of create my own brand and, um, you know, you, you diplomatically pointed out that it was completely inconsistent. I had inconsistent <laughs> fonts. I had inconsistent colors that the pages were inconsistent from one to the next. Um, like how do you kind of balance the two, like innovation and consistency? Yeah, consistency is not only about the visuals, but uh, it's about the story as a whole. Okay. Right? Uh, so uh, how, um, as I said before, uh, great brands are future-proof, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all about this balance between consistency and innovation. Okay. Uh, consistency is not only about the visuals, it's mm-hmm. about the story as a whole. Okay. Uh, great brands are future-proof, as mm-hmm. I said before. Yep. And that's all about this balance between consistency and innovation. When I say future-proof, I don't mean trying to predict the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about being aware of your surroundings and learn to evolve without compromising your purpose. Hmm. Uh, it's about paying atta- attention to what's important to people in the world and adapt adapt your story to it. Hmm. Uh, uh, for example, this year Tesla overtook Toyota to become the world's most valuable car maker in the world. Wow. And the Tesla brand was featured on uh, Interbrand's global ranking for the first time. Uh, so th- does that mean that Toyota's communications are inconsistent? Or does that mean that Toyota suddenly abandoned its commitment to quality and safety? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Toyota and the vast majority of traditional car makers are failing to adapt their brands and products to a more sustainable, eco-friendly era. Hmm. So they're failing to update their story. Oh, okay. So so to brands, would you say that brands like, if say you, you start a business when you're 18, and let's say it's still going when you're 80, would you envisage that there should be like rebrands to kind of move with the times? Yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. uh, you have to adapt your story to each uh, to each situation, each era, each environment. So customers can see, people can see that your story is evolving with, with, with the world, is yeah. evolving with them. Mm. That's really interesting. Um, I hadn't necessarily thought about that, but it makes perfect sense. And um, in terms of outcomes of like good branding, Marcel, what would you say some of those outcomes are, like benchmarks for good branding? You should notice uh, an increase in customer acquisition, mm-hmm. uh, customer engagement, customer satisfaction, uh, brand awareness, uh, revenue, repurchase rate, yeah, um, many other KPIs, but those are the the most uh, the most common ones. Yeah, that's that's good to, good to know. Those tangible kind of yeah measures. Um, as, as you probably know, Marcel, I, you know, I have my own business, but I, I work for other companies too. And I'm always interested whenever I have new clients through those companies to ask them, like, I'm intrigued, what's drawn you to invest in this company? And, um, they'll often talk about things like, oh, you know, I really like the, um, the colors and it, or this brand seems really different to other brands in the market, whether it was the colors or the language or, um, even like the structure, the way that the information is structured. That's a big mm-hmm. one that comes through. Is, is that quite important to branding as well? Like having a good structure, where if you're like branding a document or a website, would you say that that's kind of key? Uh, yeah. So uh, talking about structure, uh, what I said before about marketplaces mm-hmm. that have no no story. So uh, there is no about us or how do we, uh, why do we care? Yeah. So you you get the, the website and and it's only product price, product price, mm-hmm. 
so uh, you always have to, to keep in mind that your brand is not just a logo, just a font, just colors. You need to tell a story mm. uh, behind everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have good copy. Yeah. Uh, a copy that, that says, uh, that makes clear uh, why, why we're there. So why we're selling that, that product or that, uh, you know, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm glad that you said that because I don't think it's something that, again, when I think of branding, I think of the visuals. But as you say, it's much more than that. It's also the story and the copy. That's awesome. Um, and in terms of personal branding, Marcel, this is quite a sort of jazzy term we sometimes hear thrown around. Like, what exactly is a personal brand? So... Uh... As I said before, uh, brands use branding to reassure their their purpose, their values, their personality, their image, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can stay relevant and mm-hmm. adapt to different times. Yeah. And that's the same with pers- personal branding. Uh, knowing your reasons to exist and your values as an individual, individual sorry, helps you increase your success rate when everything is going well. Mm-hmm. And also helps you stay on track during difficult times like we had this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, ultimately, your personal branding helps to choose your battles, your priorities. Uh, it gives you a sense of direction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a way of expressing yourself and manifesting your beliefs to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that way, I see a, a huge overlap between coaching, mm-hmm. which mm. which is what you do, and personal branding. Yeah. Yeah, so the, that kind of authenticity aspect of, you know, finding your voice and expressing it in, in an authentic yeah. way. Yeah, your strengths, your weaknesses, your voice. Hmm, fascinating. And, so and is it is it the same, that sort of authenticity point, like for just like a one-man band like me, like my personal brand versus like a big corporate? Is it is it the same or, or is authenticity, isn't it quite hard to find like, authenticity when when it's a big company versus just me running my own business and obviously i provide like a very personal coaching service actually uh the same principles apply you mm-hmm. know uh so uh brands that are authentic consistent and positive they they live longer mm-hmm. and that's also true when it when it comes to individuals so uh if you can just take the five branding stages mm-hmm. that we mentioned before and try adapting them to your life. You're going, you're going to make wonders yeah. with that. Uh, so try to write down your mission, your strengths, and think about the way you talk, the way you present yourself. Uh, and when you have figured everything out, uh, just make sure you stick to it and evolve it from time to time. So yeah. this is something. This is this is a strategy, a process that works for one band, uh, one man, one man, man bands, and large corporations Hmm. okay great um i think you've probably covered like why why it's good to work on your personal branding or is there anything that you would add there's there is one thing i i I would add uh when it comes to branding you have to be aware of your voice on each environment how how does your voice work on each environment Mm -hmm. Uh, so in branding, we usually compare brands to personas and archetypes like the hero, the explorer, the magician, and mm-hmm. so on. And although this is a relevant exercise, uh, you have to keep in mind that this is not about the archetype itself, but what it represents. Hmm. Uh, and this representation can always be adapted to different environments. 
I I had this boss once that uh, he shared a bit of knowledge that I will never forget. Uh, he said, uh, "Let's let's say you have this workshop. You're you're running this workshop for a luxury brand, uh, and there's a there's a consensus in the room that uh, the brand the brand's most likely personification is a well-groomed man in a tuxedo, mm-hmm. right? So this is like like a, a persona. Yeah." Uh, many people assume that in order to tell this man's story in a consistent way, the tuxedo must always be there mm-hmm. with him. And that's what they get wrong, because uh, if this man was real, was real, he wouldn't wear a tuxedo at the beach, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? He would replace the tuxedo with a pair of black, well-designed trunks, yeah. let's say. So the man would know that wearing a tuxedo at the beach would be awkward and out of place. Yeah. It, because it would go against his core value, it's not the, which mm. is not the tuxedo itself. Yeah. It's elegance. Yeah. So just be ready to adapt your voice to different situations without compromising your values. So be aware mm. of the touch point you're using and the audience you're dealing with before communicating your brand. That's such That's... a good example, Marcel. That, that makes it super clear. Um, yeah. yeah, so kind of be fluid. It's super important. And yeah. There are different shades of audiences, aren't there? Different yeah. different clients, different target targets, as you say. Um, obviously, Marcel, we're living in quite um you know quite a digital heavy world, especially now with COVID. You know, everyone's at home, everything is via the computer. Um, it's all gone, yeah, pretty digital heavy. So, what's the importance of knowing how to communicate your purpose in like a digital savvy sort of socially distanced world that we're living in? Yeah. So, uh, social distancing means uh, you can no longer look people in the eye and give them a firm handshake and and everything. So your personal brand does most of the talking. Mm-hmm. And that in a digital world, this means you need to build a story around your purpose that people can engage with. Yep. Uh, and most importantly, you must be aware of the impact your brand leaves on others. Mm-hmm. Right. So people will never forget the way you make them feel. True. Right. So reputation is everything. So be positive, uh, help people, and give before you ask. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you like you, you, you you're a coach. So uh, before you you before you you are concerned of acquiring more clients, just uh, use your 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 media, your social media to help people to give something. Mm. Right. To uh, to share knowledge, mm-hmm. and don't forget to walk the talk. Mm. So live your brand, live your brand in your personal life and in your professional life. Wow. I think I probably need to up my game in my personal life, start running yeah. and, you know, working out, <laughs> peak performing, you know, with the health and fitness. <laughs> That's really thought provoking, Marcel. Um, do you think um, Do you think it's like important to live your brand because people can kind of somehow feel that from you like that, whether you're being authentic or not? Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, people can can always uh, point who who is being fake. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's another uh, I don't know perk of social media, right? You have access to information all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, if you feel that someone is being fake, you can always uh, can always search about them. Yeah. And uh, search more more information about them. So. Uh, yeah, so nowadays you have really to, you really have to walk the talk and leave your brand and be authentic. And the, the story you tell in, in one place must, must equal the, 
the story you you tell at another place mm. and and so on absolutely um that's very thought-provoking and do you think it's quite important marcel like um obviously social media as we've said is like a big part of communications today do you think it's quite important to show up like consistently on there you know or is it enough just to have a really sexy website and a really strong brand like what would your advice be to to people who are navigating you know new businesses and maybe feel a bit overwhelmed by social media i know i have I have people in my life who, yeah, they find it stressful, like, oh my gosh, it's draining, you know, constantly having to post and how much do I share? What what would your advice be? Uh, I think that everything is integrated. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, if I have a website, I won't have social media. It's not like that. So uh, we are all connected 24 mm-hmm. seven nowadays uh if i'm not on your website i'm looking at your social media at your instagram account and if i'm not on your instagram i'm looking at i'm looking at your twitter account so you have to be uh everywhere yeah uh, and the, i think that the, the key point here is to always remember to adapt your voice mm-hmm. to, to to each to each uh, touch point each mm. channel so yeah it, it's quite time consuming i i know Yes, it really can be, can't it? Um, especially merging all the different elements together um, effectively. Yeah, I think that everything is integrated. Uh, if you have a website, it doesn't mean you you, you can't have a, a social media account. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, everything is connected. Uh, you are connected all the time, 24-7. Uh, so if I'm not looking at your website, I'm looking at your Instagram account or your Twitter account. Uh, but... The key point here, I know it's time consuming to, to have everything uh, running, mm-hmm. but just keep in mind that uh, to just remember, remember to adapt your, your voice mm-hmm. to, to every channel. So uh, <clears throat> your website, you can talk about your, your solutions, your products in a more um, a specific way. Yep. Uh, in your social media, you can talk more about your purpose about uh, hmm. things you, you have learned throughout your life and that uh, made what you are what what you are now so it's it's a matter of knowing how to use every media in your advantage hmm. that's really powerful um especially yeah the kind of personal sharing more on social media um i've certainly found that if i've ever posted posts that are a bit more vulnerable and relating to my personal life involving like stories of transformation obviously for coaching that's something that really hits um, the kind of key touch points for clients. And um, in terms of like question around social media, Marcel, imagery on social media, because that's something I'm I'm probably still learning about. Um, and I know it's something you really helped me with on my website, like those sort of photos at the top of the pages and really kind of capturing images of people who would like maybe be like my clients, like look like my clients, the sort of age ranges of my clients will be expressing feelings that my clients might be experiencing or be wanting to experience as like an outcome. Do you have any advice around um, the sorts of images that, that people should use on their social media? Like let's say in the coaching business um, or yeah, sort of make a difference business like coaching, like what kind of images do you think really um, engage people who want help? Like what are they sort of, what captures their hearts? Okay, I believe that uh, images are, 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 are a consequence Mm. of your strategy of your personalities right mm-hmm. so uh there's no one size fits all here mm-hmm. uh, you you really have to go through all the the, the the branding stages like you have to define your strategy your personality 
and your design before communicating. And when you communicate, it's going to be a natural thing, mm -hmm. right? To choose the best imagery mm. or the best videos or the best colors. Uh, because you you will be you will be backed up by your purpose, by your strategy. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah, it depends a lot. So if um if say obviously I write a lot on like transpersonal transformation and achieving happiness and success, it might be a really sort of obvious question, but like what kind of images if I was like storytelling about, I don't know, my own shift in career path and finding greater happiness in coaching versus law, what kind of images would you say would you kind of recommend that clients use to capture those sorts of clients? Yeah, I think that when when we, we talk about coaching and mental health and, and so on, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about uh, well-being, mm -hmm. right? And the world is, is is harsh enough. So when I read when your your client reads about that and uh, and search search for that, uh, I think uh, he or she wants to see more playfulness, yeah. right? Uh, so things that would keep their minds off the problems of the world, of their lives. So I think that playfulness uh, plays a central role here. Mm, that sounds very psychologically um, clever. Um, Marcel, do you think there are any other key points that um, would be helpful for our listeners to to know about branding? Because obviously you work with a lot of lot of different clients with a lot of different problems and pain points and confusions. Do you think there's any other key points that... Um, that would be helpful for our listeners to hear, particularly those who might want to start up a company maybe in 2021, launch their dreams? Yeah, I think that the uh, first thing is don't put the, 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 the cart before the horse, mm -hmm. right? So don't start your brand with like, oh, uh, with a business plan or with marketing campaigns. Don't don't start spending your, ener your energy and your, your money on that. Yeah uh first try to write down your reasons to exist mm -hmm. uh your values mm -hmm. um and uh what's your target audience i don't know build some personas for that for that audience uh so start there start with thinking about your brand mm -hmm. first hmm. and marcel when you say build some personas for the audience do you mean think about your client base and think about the different kind of people within that than the different kind of faces and characters and that sort of thing yeah you should create like uh fictional characters ah. for your audience yeah so i don't know if your audience consists of middle-aged men that live in london for example yeah so do you have a face for that man mm -hmm. do you have like a, a name for that man yeah uh, what does that man like to do on the on the weekends and, and so on? So you you build those little persona cards. Yeah. Uh, and every time you 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 try to to come up with something for your brand, you look at this at those personas and you ask yourself if what 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 are you doing would make them them happy. Yeah, that's really helpful. Kind of breaking down your client base. I remember you helped me do that. You helped me literally pick out different faces and it was genuinely helpful for me because I'd never really yeah I guess I'd never really thought of sometimes about breaking down the different clients that I work with and their different profiles and personalities necessarily so it's really helpful to have the visuals to reflect that mm -hmm. yeah. um 
Just a question that just came to me, Marcel. I mean, obviously, you've, you've noticed brands from the age of four. You've always had a real fascination with, you know, visual design and packaging. Would you say over your many years of experience, would you say that there's like a common error that like that you see in branding? Is there one thing that people don't do particularly well? Have you noticed or doesn't that really is that not really very a relevant relevant point? I think that many brands fail to uh, innovate their story, you know, to update their story mm-hmm. to to different times. Yeah. And not only small small brands, but big brands too. So we talked about Tesla and Toyota here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Toyota, it's it's one of the largest largest brands in the world, uh, and even though they couldn't uh, manage to update their story. To, to the future, right? Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of lots of uh, examples from the past, like Kodak, mm-hmm. who couldn't adapt to the uh, digital era mm-hmm. of photographs, and many others. So that's a very common, um, very common mistake. So when the brand gets to a size, when where it it feels like it's big enough, mm-hmm. you no, know, for so it always. Um, it gets this sense of of safety, like this is it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes this is not. I mean, you have a long way to go still. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you should never be complacent. Yeah. Hmm. Would you say that there are any? Um, if I said to you, Marcel, like if you think of like some of the best brands out there that come to your mind, like just come to your mind as really strong brands in people's minds generally like are there any that come to mind particularly well uh there's this ranking that i mentioned before which is the interbrand ranking for yeah. global brands so uh every year they they rank the, the best brands worldwide oh. in terms of wow. yeah i mean they, they rank the companies in terms of, of their brands so mm-hmm. we're talking about intangible value values here yeah uh and I think that I don't have like a favorite brand or anything like that, but uh, I try to understand, I, I, I look at this ranking and I try to understand why those brands are there. Mm. So why is Apple the first? Why mm. is Google the second? Mm. Uh, and so on. So uh, it's a very, uh, it's a good reference. Mm. And they're, they're, they're powerful examples, aren't they? Google and Apple. Well, mm-hmm. do you think they do? Obviously, I'm sure it's a very complex answer. You could probably write a thesis on it. But do you think that they do things? Um, do you, what are they doing differently that makes their brand so strong? Is it obviously there's lots of answers, but is there anything that really strikes you, Marcel? Apple and Google. Well, I think that uh, they have found a, a, a niche. Hmm. Okay, so and they have stick to it uh, throughout the years. I mean. Um, Apple, for example, it's it's known for for its innovation technology for people that can afford Apple. Yep. Basically, right. And even though people said they were crazy for choosing this this niche uh, of well, wealthy people, uh, they continued on this track for years and years and updating their story and building consistency building authenticity mm-hmm. and that's really paying off because now if i if i hand you a pencil like a black pencil and i said and i say that it's, it's made by apple 
your perception about this experience would be totally different. So true. Uh, yeah. So this is the power of, of a brand. Mm. So it, it, it's intangible. You can say that the, that the pencil is better, but only because it was made by Apple, you can say, you can, you can imagine that it was better built than one made by another brand. That's so powerful. And it's very, very true, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and when I think of Apple, I invariably think of like, you know, the sort of genius that was Steve Jobs. Um, it's funny how sometimes mm -hmm. some, some brands are quite, you know, I, quite firmly affiliated with a figurehead, aren't they? And some more than others. Yeah. And Tesla, Elon Musk, you know, he's almost like mm -hmm. part of the brand. Yeah. Hmm. So um, coming to the end of the, of the interview, Marcel, I'm interested to know just generally in life, like how would you define success? Like what does success mean to you? It means obviously lots of different things to lots of different people. What does it mean to you? Uh, yeah, so I think that regarding my profession, uh, my purpose is to help others find theirs. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that my mission is to help people translate their purpose into meaningful values, statements, words, images, and so on. Mm. Yeah, so I'm a great believer of authenticity, freedom, and passion. So when I have these three values aligned in my life, uh, that's, that's when I, I'm truly happy. Mm. So... I feel happy to to have the freedom to do what I, what I'm passionate about mm -hmm. in an authentic way. Hmm. So no matter if I'm talking about uh, my professional my professional my, my personal life, uh, when I'm when I'm not passionate about something, and uh, I feel that I have no connection to it, mm -hmm. uh, I don't feel that, that that I'm living to the fullest. Wow. I love that. And that really, for me, um, obviously, you know, I'm a massive fan of Brazil Brazilians, but um, for me, that really captures a lot of what I really love about Brazilians, their passionate nature. They're, they always seem really authentic, like they speak from the heart um, and quite free. They have a sense of the free about them. So I really like that. I feel like it's got some root in your Brazilian, yeah, your Brazilian-ness, Marcel. Um, and finally, yeah. Marcel, I know that lots of our listeners, um, probably particularly entrepreneurs or people who are looking for rebrands of their businesses, um, I know I've shown a couple of people the work that you've done for me and they were like amazed by what you did and were very keen to get your details. Um, where nice. can people find you um, on social media or websites or Instagram? Yeah, actually, uh, I've been rebuilding my social media now. Cool. So I would encourage uh, your clients or anyone that wants to, to get in touch with me to go to my website, mm -hmm. which is marcelbittencourt.com. Mm -hmm. And that's B-I-T-T-E-N-C-O-U-R-T. -E C-O-U-R-T, yeah. yeah. And uh, also my, my LinkedIn page, mm -hmm. uh, which you can find lots of information about me, and yeah. about my work, my, my background. Yeah. Awesome. And are you on Instagram, did you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm rebuilding my Instagram. Okay, right awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your pearls of wisdom, Marcel. Um, I'm glad we've been able to... Um, share some of these, well, deconstruct quite a complicated subject for a lot of people. So thank you so much for your time. And um, I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you, Mel. Mm, have a wonderful care. Christmas too. Bye. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.